Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Imagine this. You're stranded on an island forever. But don't freak out because you get to bring one dish with you. Your desert island dish. What is it? Every week your hosts, Paul and Tegan, that's us. Hello. Hello. We'll ask this question. They'll chat with and torment a literal raft of guests on the island who'll dish up stories, gossip and culinary secrets. But they all have one big thing in common. They bloody love food. Welcome to Dish Island. Hello and welcome to Dish Island. I'm Paul Verhoeven, that's Tegan Higginbotham, and we are waiting for our guests to call us because sometimes that happens. So while we wait, we thought we'd talk about food. Paul Verhoeven, husband of mine, I am your hill witch wife, and I would like to know what is the best thing that you have eaten in the past week. Your carrot cake, probably. (gasps) My 12-ton carrot cake. Yeah, you made carrot cake, you made too much carrot cake, and now I'm having a slice every single day. I know, and it's got... A lot of dairy in the recipe from both the buttercream mm. and in the recipe. Mm. And I don't know if it's still good cake, to be completely honest. Oh, you think I'm eating spoiled carrot cake? <laughs> Excellent. Okay, well, I didn't even consider that as a possibility, but all right, fine. We got the recipe from Bon Appetit, which is an American website. Clearly, they prefer a larger slice than we do here in Australia because this cake that I made for a friend's catch-up uh, apparently served eight, and I have never made a cake this large in my life. Very good cake. But it felt like I was walking in with a weapon or something. Like (laughs) if I threw it, I'd break a window. I've got an email from Sam saying, I generally don't accept links from her. You're telling me it's safe to make an exception. I assume that's a joke. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a really funny joke? Or is he actually has some weird anti-Tegan policy? (laughs) Just to give you some context, everyone. We've just sent a link to our guest, um, today's special guest on the island, um, who has just told my husband that he is wary of accepting links from me. <laughs> not from, not, no, no, not from strangers, from you specifically. From specifically. I assume, look, he's a funny guy. I assume this is part of a bit. But what if he just has this whole, I don't trust Tegan. That would be so intense. I'd like to know how he got to know me so well. Let's address it, in, let's address it instantly on the <laughs> Let's just deal with that straight away. Here we go. He's replied. Well, this one play is going to join any second now. Oh God, I'm excited. I can't wait. Well, you know, the funny thing with this next guest is I met him when he was already doing very well in his career. Mm. He was um, he was already hosting things on television, uh, had a lot of experience with radio. In fact, we did a radio demo together years ago. But then he got a job offer, which we will talk about during this episode, and it has, it has catapulted him out of that kind of famous doing well guy into Mm. literally his posts get turned into articles on the Daily Mail. He is on television nearly every single day of the week, if not every single day of the week. Mm -hmm. He is a household name now. That's right. He's Koshy now. (laughs) 
<laughs> he turned into Koshi. Yeah, that's right. shaved his head. That's a real serious promotion and you can only do it once. What's been the best thing you've eaten over the past week? Oh, it's not been a good week for me because I've been sick. So it's kind of my enthusiasm for food has dwindled just a little bit. But... Paul, you have been experimenting more and more with your curries lately. Mm. I'm not sure if it was because Gary Megan inspired you with his five spice dish that he brought to the island. But moving back into this curry space now that it is getting colder in Melbourne, it is making me very, very happy. So what is it about my curries that you enjoy? Or is it just that you would honestly accept any curry right now because of the weather? I do bloody love a curry. Yeah, there we go. I must admit, Mm. I like generally something saucy and textured paired with some sort of carbohydrate. So curry, (laughs) curry ticks a lot of boxes. I thought thought you were describing us as a couple, something saucy and textured and just a carbohydrate. I'm a simple woman. I like a warm milky drink in the morning. (laughs) Some people call it coffee. (laughs) And I like to dip some bread in something hot later on at night. (laughs) With a semi-solid texture. It's amazing how you can make... Stop describing foods solely by their temperature and texture. It's amazing how you can make the nicest foods really horrible. Can I get a soft, flat, hot and a runny hot, please? (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's just pretend you're... Okay, speaking about the temperatures, you've got to do a temperature swap. Would you prefer to have hot ice cream, like ice cream that's been melted down and boiled? That's milk. Whatever. No, it's going to be served hot. Hot milk. Or would you prefer cold pasta sauce? Hot milk. No, but it's not milk. It's still ice cream. It's not like it's not like if you put milk in the freezer, it turns into ice cream. We've been making ice cream. It's far more complicated than that. So you're saying I'm drinking like a hot Nesquik is what you're saying. I guess. Maybe that's what it's like. Maybe we should just boil some ice cream and see what happens. <laughs> it's you know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I used to have this theory that... (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, you're dying. Go on. I used to have this theory that Coke and Pepsi, the reason they were the Cola Wars is because they couldn't exist in the same place at the same time. And one time we were like, okay, what if we put the exact same amount of Coke and Pepsi in a glass? What will it taste like? It tasted really good. It didn't taste good enough to warrant a war, but it did taste kind of oddly excellent because they both have slightly different flavor palettes. I guess what I'm saying is we assume that we know what's going to happen if you boil ice cream, but what if something different happens? (laughs) Two local brown residents blew up their apartment over the week. I was thinking more, you solved the riddle. You get three wishes. (laughs) Finally, someone did it. It's just that in this whole time, nobody's tried boiling ice cream. Oh, Tegan, Tegan, he's here. He's actually, he's so he's ready for the call. Okay, <gasps> so please, welcome to Dish Island. You may know him from Dancing with the Stars. You might know him from Sunrise or from the many times he has manifested and made weather happen, as is my understanding of that specific job. He's also got a brand new book out called Accidental Weatherman. Please welcome the absolutely delightful Sam Mack. Well, I am so pleased to welcome our very special guest to Dish Island, Sam Mack. Thank you for being stranded here for the rest of your life. <laughs> Paul, uh, Tegan, thank you so much. Uh, I've heard a lot about Dish Island and you know what? It looked a lot better in the brochure, I've just got to say. <laughs> <laughs> we have brochures? This is news to me. Apparently we have a PR department working overtime. But Sam, look, I have to ask, how did you get here and why are you here? So I'm here representing Sunrise the Channel 7, this is what they call a client integration. So 
I'd like to officially thank you as the client who's funding this trip to bring me here for four days of live presentation of our weather back to Australia to share the delights and uh, and all the uh, the key messages, of course, of your tourism board at Dish Island. So I'm the man for that job and uh, let's have some fun. This is incredible, not only because I really didn't know that we were at that stage where Sunrise was interested in us. Oh, we so weren't thrilled. interested. There was just some decent money on the table. <laughs> Ah, the truth comes out. But we're actually, you know, we still haven't exactly pinpointed where Dish Island is geographically. I'm sure we'll be able to narrow it down once we hear about the weather conditions. So, Sam, please, what's the weather like on Dish Island today? We're expecting a top of 24 degrees here on Dish Island uh, with some late showers today. But that's a great opportunity to get close to your loved ones and and huddle in because there's no cover, of course. So... (laughs) Body warmth does amazing things. And, uh, you know, that's one of the great selling points here of Dish Island. We feel that, you know, let's get away from the technology. Let's get away from the boring modernizations of things like roofs and heating and Wi-Fi. Let's, let's just break it down to the bare minimum. And that is people together, stranded. Screaming. <laughs> Sam, one of the things I like about you is your boundless optimism, as evidenced by the fact that you said four days. Good luck with that. You're never leaving, baby. <laughs> Well, contractually, I'm leaving on the only flight out for the week, which is Friday afternoon, direct from Dish Island to Sydney. Now, the only interesting thing, maybe you guys can shed some light on this, and of course, I'm excited for the broadcast, and, I, and I'm really, you know, I want to do the best job to sell Dish Island to our viewers back, uh, you know, watching Sunrise. But on the brochure, which you didn't know about, it actually says um, Dish Island, fly direct from Sydney to Dish Island only a six to twenty-eight hour flight, so it doesn't specify. <laughs> it doesn't specify how long it is. Can you enlighten me? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's all to do with magnets and magical ley lines. <laughs> so, so there's a there's a sort of um like an energy prism floating over the ocean, and when you fly through it, time starts to buckle. Did you notice that your um viewing of Paddington Two went for about twelve days? Yeah, I thought it was Paddington Two, Three, and Four. Yeah, see, it wasn't. It's actually just that you've uh, and also you might notice that you've gone a significantly grayer. Um, most of the people you know back home will have aged significantly interstellar style so um, once you get back we will we've actually got a reintegration program to help you reacclimatize with your but you'll look like look like matthew mcconaughey so really it all balances out well the interesting thing and i do have some follow-up questions you you did mention the in-flight movie which was um paddington um but it wasn't Paddington Bear. It was the inner city Sydney suburb of Paddington. And it was CCTV vision of people in their homes. What's this all about? We've got David Lynch doing all the entertainment for the in-flight stuff. So it's very it's very existential and scary and menacing. Because then when you get to the island, which is already scary and menacing, by contrast, it seems much friendlier when you're there. Look, it might be a little bit too late for me to say this, but I'm not sure this fits with our mainstream commercial <laughs> breakfast TV audience, what you're doing here on Dish Island. <laughs> It's too late now, baby. You're trapped. Oh, look, Sam. Oh, gosh. This, first of all, this, this, this first five minutes has been everything I want in life, so I'm just really happy. But we, we, we've got to talk to you about food. And one of the things that I think about when I think about you is that you are consistently jet-setting. And, and most people equate travel with good food because that's, that's what it's all about. You go to these destinations to eat your heart out. But I'm wondering if you've perhaps tipped in your work life into that place where travel now equals bad food for you, food on the road, 
weird sandwiches with unidentifiable meats. Like, where are you at in, in this food prism right now? That's a really astute observation. It is a big, big, big part of my job. And um, the challenge, of course, is that Number one, we're often in places that don't have a lot of great dining options when we're there. For example, a lot of regional towns in Australia just aren't open for dinner in the restaurants on Mondays and Tuesdays, So, <laughs> which is a real problem if you're there on Monday and Tuesday, which we often are. Um, so, look, we've, I think we've turned it into a bit of an art form, and that is how to scrounge together a meal from a Caltech service station, <laughs> you know, trying to, of course, reach the, the three main food groups. Um so that, that is one of the challenges, but it's, it's really quite coincidental that I'm on the show the week that I'm in Perth because food's been a big part of this week for me. In fact, yesterday at Crown Towers Perth, I um, had the buffet, which is at a place called Epicurean, and it's $44 for breakfast. Whoa, that is some Perth pricing right there. So what that meant was I needed some strategy. So I went in there and I actually made a video documentation of this. But to cut a long story short, um, the breakfast there runs from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., I believe. So I had breakfast at 7 a.m. local time and then realized they had such a large selection of foods. And I'm going to be honest, some of the foods, you know, some of the Indian style curries and different dishes from around the world, they were more what I would categorize as lunch foods. So what I did was I found a comfortable spot behind two tables and had a strategic nap <laughs> after my breakfast, right? So that went for about an hour or so. And in that time, I regained my appetite. And then I went back up to the buffet for breakfast, in inverted commas, which was essentially lunch. Um, so that's how I can get a $44 buffet down to $22 per meal for breakfast and lunch. And that is a strategy that I welcome you to use, but please use wisely. So when you go to the Qantas Lounge or whatever and you've got hours to kill, are you one of those people who builds a meal out of the snacks? Can you sort of scrounge and MacGyver your way into a meal in a, in a pinch? Absolutely. So one of my key pieces of advice, whether it's for the Qantas Lounge or whether I sound so out of touch right now. <laughs> I, I, even I hate myself. No, I'm actually just a battler. <laughs> from the suburbs of Adelaide, you know, trying to make ends meet on Struggle Street, just trying to get by, just trying to feed my cats. Um, no, I, I feel that, and this is an important uh, tip, if you have a buffet situation, whether it's, yeah, Qantas Lounge or um, uh, the one that I mentioned in Perth, Crown Towers, um, do at least two to three laps of the entire buffet experience before you even touch a plate. Do not even have a plate. Once you've finished those three laps, take a breath, and then start to think about your strategy. I feel that people, only fools rush in, as they say. A lot of people run in, they'll see the pastries, and then they're full, and they haven't even seen the cheese section or the fruit section. So that would be my advice. Take a breath. Do not rush. Mate, this is such good advice because I get hit by buffet mania. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a lot of things. It's, it's definitely that I just want to eat everything all at once, but I start getting afraid. I get afraid that if I don't grab the good base pastries first, somebody else will. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. You've got to approach a buffet with tactics in mind. Do a recce first, right? <laughs> yeah. You've got to do a recce. <laughs> That's right, do a recce. I think you're right. And I think I know where this stems from for all of us, and that is we're all in the arts, so we don't know when we're going to get our next meal. And if there's food available, of course, we rush to it. We, we fill our boots, as they say. Uh, but you don't need to in the Qantas Lounge. You, you've got time. No one's going to take that food away from you guys. I only realised that this was part of who I was when um, we were shooting Whose Line Is It Anyway? 
And uh, that was, you know, a very energetic show where I had to be up and about. And we'd always break and have a really good lunch and I would consistently eat as much food as I could, including the desserts, just this need to eat all the food. And after every meal, I was like, why did I just eat all that food? I need to go and perform on stage now. What is wrong with me? But it's because I was in the back of my head. I'm just, I'm still in this mentality of free food. Fuck yes. (laughs) Just go for it. This may never happen again. I have the same problem with an open bar, you know. (laughs) Oh my God, right. I once had to do um, the whip on the project at the at the Fringe Festival, at the Melbourne Fringe Festival. And the people running the Fringe Festival uh, said, do you want to go get a drink next door? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm doing live TV. I'm pretty nervous. Took me next door. I got, I was, I don't remember recording this. It went pretty well. I did the same thing at Good Beer Week. Do you ever wander into a, you know, like a location and get plied with food and drink and then realize that, oh no, I've got to go on camera? Oh, it literally happened this morning. So we're in Western Australia <laughs> and we went to um, a brand new brewery um, which is uh, here in Bustleton, where we're at the moment, which is about three hours south of Perth. And I'm not even making this up. In my 6am cross, the producer had organised for me to try their local beer. And they had not a standard size can. It's something, if you've been watching the uh, the Amber Heard, uh, Johnny Depp thing, what they refer to as a mega pint. Uh, but, <laughs> but in a can, the size of my head. And they said, well, mate, you've opened it now. You've got to finish it. And you, oh my god! And you don't want to disappoint the locals, so that's a common part of my job. I feel that a lot of that comes from well, my producer, you know, I guess realizing that I'm much more entertaining when I'm tipsy. Uh, <laughs> also, a lot of the places we go, they just want to promote their new cocktail or their new beer or their new wine or whatever it is. So it's part of the job. I know what you mean though with the whip, like that whip segment. For those that aren't familiar with it, basically on a Friday night uh, on the project. They would cross around to each state as a whip around and say, what's going on for the weekend? But the problem was Tim Blackwell in Brisbane would go for about three minutes. Yes. Uh, yes. Did I name names? <laughs> oh, um, and what that meant was the whole segment, they'd allotted about three minutes, 45. So then they had the rest of Australia to cram into 45 seconds. Now, when I started doing the whip, I was actually living and doing radio in Perth. So I was often left with three seconds. And the producer would even say on my ear, so sorry, Sam, Tim Blackwell's gone long. You're only going to have three to five seconds. (laughs) So essentially the whip around was me just shouting out the name of an event with random standing behind me confused and my family saying, you could have put a bit more effort into that creatively. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh bless I love that they thought that was your decision like, creatively that's what you wanted to present yep <laughs> one of my favorite whip around moments was I don't know if you guys ever experienced this but from time to time look live tv it happens there's technical issues and often the crew working on the whip arounds didn't really want to be there because it's not their real job or their main job they've got other like important stuff to film like court trials and things like that so they're lumped Whatever. with this whip around and I had one where the IFB, which is, you know, the pack so you can hear the communications of the studio and everybody else, was working absolutely fine up until maybe 15 to 20 seconds before the cross. But that meant that it was so close to me being on the air that they'd already done their checks with me. So they presumed everything was fine. So this is when Husey was on. And Husey's like, you know, Sam Max in Perth. What's going on in Perth, mate? And I'm just staring blankly, not even at the camera. I'm staring past the camera. And the crowd starts laughing, thinking I'm doing some abstract comedy bit. And they're like, oh, very good, Sam, very good. But what's going on for the weekend? 
and I'm just staring into the abyss again <laughs> for another three to five seconds, which was rare to have 15 seconds for this particular week. And then I think they wrapped the segment by going, oh, well, I guess nothing's happening in Perth this weekend. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. It's probably, probably statistically true, but... <laughs> I mean, I'm curious as to whether, because um, Sam, I had this sort of uh, bet going with a friend of mine a while back because we were doing all these events and junkets and premieres and screenings and whatnot. And each of them, they're plying you with food, right? They're plying you with, you know, hors d'oeuvres and snack food and drinks. And we wondered whether it was possible to survive for a calendar week on nothing but the food and drink from... from Free places. I would include, you know, transit lounges if you've been shouted a kind of pass into the corner lounge or whatever, or, you know, stuff being handed out at a premiere. Do you think that you've got the know-how after having crossed the continent and eaten everywhere to survive for a week purely on free food handed out at places? I love this concept. And I genuinely think that given like the amount of travel and places and people that we, in my job, I really mm. believe that we could do that. Um, well, I mean, I've got a lot of, uh, very tight people around me, tight in the sense that we get along well, but tight in the sense that they don't want to spend any money ever. Um, and they're like, is this Contra is one of the most common phrases you'll hear on the road with them. And again, I'm not making this up, but my sound engineer, Wayne McKelvey, again, oops, named him. Um, he left that same buffet I was talking about earlier, unless you guys edited out for time. Um, he said, he said, um, oh, look, I, I get hungry in the afternoon. The, the buffet gets, I don't need to eat lunch after I have the breakfast buffet, but I do get hungry at around two or three o'clock. So he had literally four items of food in his hat underneath his hat which he wore out it's like something from a 1950s Marx Brothers comedy sketch but it's real life and it's happening here in Perth and his name's Wayne McKelvey and I think that he should be held to justice what kind of hat do you need to wear to get food out because would he put a little mezzanine in there so it's not touching his hair like a sort of special installed shelving unit or did he just whack it under his cap (laughs) maybe there should be like a mini refrigerator in there so you can put some cold pressed meat in there as well um no it was just it was a standard you know conventional hat but he but obviously he's not a tall guy he looked a lot taller as he was leaving the buffet um so we noticed it but the authorities didn't I just want to, hang on, just take a step back and actually, you know, show some love to Wayne here. I, too, have stuck food in unusual places because I've been given it for free. And I just want to say that I completely understand where Wayne is coming from. It depends on what food and where, though, because he's got some cornflakes and milk and it's just running down his head. No, it was at the French Film Festival and there was a whole tray of macarons and I knew that I'd want some in the movie, so Mm. I stuck them down my bra. And guess who had little underwear snacks? It was me. I'm the genius. That's why they were warm. (laughs) And and if if anyone tries to check your bra, you just call them out for being a creep, right? Harassment. That's harassment right there. Um, wow. Well, that's that's some insight. I mean, that was a beautiful quote there. What did you say, Tegan? I, too, have stuffed food in unusual places in my body. Was that the quote? There's the promo. Come on, come on over to Dish Island. One more question. So 
congratulations, you are expecting a baby, which is very, very exciting. It is. It is. Have you started having those conversations or even internal monologues about what sort of food parent you're going to be? We have not started talking about that yet. Um, I I know that that is coming. At the moment, we're we're 25 weeks in. Um, So my girlfriend, Rebecca, is going really well. She's healthy, happy. Baby is great. Everything's going well. Um, but it's all about what she's eating at the moment. So, you know, it's all about making sure she has more yogurt and more fish and, you know, her cravings, of Vegemite, a cheesy mite scrolls are her cravings, which I love. I'm on board with that every day. And great client integration opportunity with Baker's Delight if they're listening. Can you tell I've been in commercial TV for a while? A little bit. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> but, yeah, so we haven't really talked about um, what the baby will be eating yet. At this, Because we've still got a little while to go, about three months ago, it's been going so great. Like I'm genuinely so excited, so pumped. Everything is happy and you're really looking forward to it. It's only the last couple of days that I've started to get a little bit um, uncomfortable. And that is because, and I knew that this would happen at some stage, but Beck sent me a link inviting me to go to a baby expo with her. And oh, that's something that I'd never right. imagined would be a part of my life. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm having um, nightmares and I'm breaking out in sweats thinking about the amount of prams I'm going to have to assess with no real knowledge. Um, so that that's on the horizon, guys. Uh, look, I worked at a baby expo once because I used to work for a baby photographer many, many, many years ago. And, mate, you are about to see so many breast pumps. It is going to be <laughs> wild for you. Speaking of which, speaking of which, one of the weirdest kind of cul-de-sacs of the culinary world is... Oh, I can't believe I'm talking about this. Why are you? Be careful. What are you about to talk about? Are you gonna? Tr- are you gonna try the breast milk? Uh, and I asked this because no, don't breast- ask that. Paul. No, no. I read an article recently about breast milk ice cream is making a resurgence, and it's a real. Do you know about Where? this? Oh, in England, oh. there's a there's a, there's a there's a major movement for like human breast milk ice cream. They're saying it's natural, and I'm just curious because I know that a lot of people kind of give it a taste. You know, you t- taste to see if it's uh, too hot on the back of your hand. No, that's that's milk from the saucepan, you idiot. <laughs> What are you assuming that the mum's boobs are boiling up? No, don't you heat it? Don't you like you decant it? it How so- <laughs> thoroughly have you researched this, Paul? Uh, not much. I mean, I always assumed that one was chocolate, one was vanilla, but I honestly don't know how the human. We are backing away from. So this is really interesting. I guess this is food. Yeah. So with um with the uh, breast milk thing in in the UK. Do you know whose breast it's coming from? Like, is there a photo um, of Janine who's 38 and <laughs> plays hockey and just wanted to share some love with the local store? Like, do you know that you should know where it's coming from, right? Yeah, I mean, look, I think I think it's a bit like you go to the, uh, you know, you go to Northcote and you go to the market and there's a woman there, you know, and she's got a triple R sticker on her kind of yes, on her desk. You. And you know, she, she's like, this is mine. <laughs> This is from my body. You're tasting me. I think it's a real, um, what's it called? Something to plate, like like a oh, paddock to plate. Like it's a real, it's a real paddock to plate. What do you call it? Hang on. What's the what's the breast milk equivalent of this? Let's let's brainstorm that. So if nothing else, we achieve the equivalent it's, it's, of it's paddock to plate, but for breast. Booby to bottle. It's booby to bottle. <laughs> or titty to teacup. <laughs> So as you can see, Tegan, I'm extremely mature and ready to be a father. <laughs> oh my 
wonderful. All right, great. Well, we've reached the apex of this podcast, <laughs> the and it's all downhill from here. So as we careen into the ocean, Sam, could you please let us and the listeners know what your desert island dish is, the one dish that you're allowed to bring with you to the island? Okay, so I wanted to keep it really simple. And, uh, and I'm, look, it's nothing overly creative, but I feel like this would bring me some comfort and by default, you know, bring uh, my fellow island uh, members some comfort. And that is mum's roast dinner. Even saying those words takes me back. And I haven't lived in the same city as my mum and dad for oh, over a decade now. So I don't get to have mum's roast very often. So when I do, only a couple of times a year now, sadly, it is a big day on my calendar. And my parents are Irish. So what that means is there's a lot of potatoes. So, so of course, you know, Ireland famous for the, the potato famine and, and I don't think I don't think they're wired to ever get over it. So the fact that they've got uh, easy access to potatoes now means that they will put potatoes in anything. I'm not exaggerating. On Christmas, we Christmas lunch, we have potatoes five ways. There's five, five different styles. So you've got potato mashed potato, you've got roast potato, you've got potato salad, you've normally got some chips or wedges. Uh, and then there's one other thing that, I, that there's literally five different styles of potatoes. So with mum's roast dinner, there's roast potatoes, which I absolutely love and mashed mm. potatoes on the one plate. And then you've what, got what? normally chicken with delicious gravy, uh, and then some veggie quota. So you probably some, uh, broccoli and some carrots in there, maybe some peas and the plate is full and it's just, it's just, it feels like a warm hug from mum. So that would really bring me some comfort. And I'd happily share some of it with, with you guys on the island. That's very sweet, but I'm curious as to how much of this is the actual content of the food itself and how much of it is context. I mean, how much of the feeling you get from the meal is the fact that you have family around and it's specifically from your mum? I mean, if it just appeared magically on a dais, would it be as good as it is back at home? Oh, it's disgusting. And I think it's got a breast milk in it as well. Um <laughs> No, no, it's delicious. You guys would love it. You absolutely love it. We're now in our second season of doing this show and we've had so many incredible guests, but nobody's just brought a roast yet. And I, it's one of those obvious dishes that it's like, of course. And not only do I think you would eat that every day, I have a roast every day, but it's one of those balanced meals where you're getting a little bit of protein, there's your carbohydrates, mm. there's all your nutrients. I think it's one of the best desert island dishes yet. I think it's great and I'm... I'm going to extend you a magical caveat, uh, which I've never done before, and that is that every day when it appears, your mum brings it to me. Oh, <laughs> that's not fair. How long, it, how long is she else? allowed to spend on the island when she brings the, the meal? Not long. And by the way, if you gripped her leg and she disappears, <laughs> you won't get towed back to the mainland with her. You'll lose your arms. So, And yeah, does she have that same mystery flight where she has to watch bit the residents of Paddington going about their daily business? Is, that, is she no, on the same no, flight? no. No, she's in the middle of whatever she's doing and she gets magically yanked away. So it could be something really pivotal. If she's carrying something and then she teleports back, that thing is on the floor <laughs> ruined. So just tell her to... <laughs> she needs to be in a safe place at the same time every day. I never thought I'd say this, Paul, but I do not give you permission to yank my mother. <laughs> well, if there was ever a perfect point to finish an interview, I think that might be it. Hang on, am I being kicked off the island? Is that what's happening here? Who are these security officers? Hey, leave me alone! Well, there you have it, folks. Sam Mack. Paul, wasn't he just delightful? He was great. He was so funny. And as I hear him screaming and being dragged into the distance, I think, you know what? He'll escape. He's a wily guy. 
He's resourceful. Now, Paul, you're a liar, liar, pants on fire because last week you said that we're having a very big and famous British guest on the show Mm. and Sam Mack was many wonderful things, but he ain't that. Yes, because Mack, I thought, was short for Macintosh and it rains a lot in England. Don't you liar. No, I'm sorry. I'm lying again. No, no, there was a scheduling mix-up and our guest for next week was meant to be last week and so we put Sam Mack this week instead of next week. It's like that cup and ball thing where you're getting kind of shafted by a con man in the street. But can you guarantee that next week we have a very, very funny and very famous British guest? Yes, that's right. And I guarantee you he does wear a Macintosh. God damn it, that's stupid. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Dish Island. Make sure you hit us up on socials. Give us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. And in the meantime, don't forget... Eat your veggies! Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Dish Island. Dish Island is a proud member of the ACAST Creator Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.